City on the edge. 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 City on the edge with uh, with Mike Smith and Ty Bannerman uh, telling Albuquerque stories. Yes, the story well, of one city <laughs> somehow. <Yeah. laughs> uh, welcome back to the podcast. Last week we talked about a film that was released in 1976 called um, Track of the Moon Beast. <laughs> Track of the Moon yeah. Beast. I drove by the UNM Observatory the other day and that was definitely what was in that, that was the scene. One. Oh, yeah, man. okay. Yeah. But there yeah. was actually another film uh, that was released in 1976 that had a bit of a higher profile, right. a bit more acclaim to it. Right. Um, actual stars, actual yeah. significance. Yeah, and people actually think it's good. So that's like a, that's very different from the one we talked about last week. That and was that's the Man the Who Fell to Earth. Man Who Fell to Earth, starring the late David Bowie, yeah. filmed in and around Albuquerque, Alamogordo. Yeah. Uh, where else? To Harris, uh, Matt Magdalena, uh, a number of places in the state. Yeah, uh, Madrid. Madrid. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah, we have a secret guest here who's not. Uh, yeah, she's writing us yet, notes. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But my favorite use of a local uh, setting in that is the Tejeras Cement Factory as the spaceship that he's building to go back to his home planet. Now, where's the Tejeras Cement Factory? It's in Tejeras Canyon. Um, uh, if you go into the mountains east of Albuquerque, um, and it's a big strip mine that is. Um, it's kind of eaten away an entire mountain, basically, since it's been in there. Since and it's the still 60s. a functional... It is, yeah. One oh, night, yeah. they left the gate open, and I drove in there, and I drove all around, and I went through all the, like... It was like a moonscape, just lit up by headlights, and it was so eerie and strange, just driving around in this huge, silent, like, wasteland of carved-away mountain. Really interesting, man. So, I, I as usual, we're uh, admitting to petty crimes. Oh, yeah, this was a long time ago. Try it. Try prosecuting. You guys actually watched uh, Man Who Fell to Earth again recently. That's uh, Mara's uh, with us actually yeah. uh, near the mic this time. Okay, all right. I'm, I won't be far away. Yeah. I'm shouting yeah. across the dining room table. So I haven't seen it. I, I don't know. I, I've You've never, never seen, seen it? it? No, never seen what? it. What? You're doing a podcast on it. Well, it's time. kind of about it. It's, this is more about something. You know what? This is the first time ever I've ever seen it and its completion. Because when I would see it, it would be on, like, AMC, or it would be late night, and I would see the truncated version, the right, edited right. version. It's really nasty. nasty. It's, like, it's like there's a lot of sex in it. It's really... Mm. Oh, he sleeps with his students? Or so, there's some professor no, that sleeps Rip with his students? No, it's Rip Torn. Rip Torn, who okay. works for right. David Bowie's character. Right. Um, with Mr. Newton. Okay, yeah, I forgot he, that. Um, he, yeah, he's this, like... Professor that sleeps around right, with his yeah, students, and yeah. yeah, it's really like yeah. it's really sensual. Yeah. There's a lot of liquid milk scenes. Well, <laughs> one liquid milk a scene. A lot of liquid milk. No, scenes. I should say a lot. There's this one liquid milk scene <laughs> right. where um, it's like a flashback of David Bowie with his alien wife huh. and how they have sex, and there's milk involved. <laughs> Milky yeah. alien sex. <laughs> I guess this one is not safe for They're like on a right. trampoline, they're jumping around. Anyway, um, it was, it was really... Trampoline milk alien. I don't know what you just described. What is going on? <laughs> <laughs> People are like, what kind of movie is this? But really? I don't remember it being like that. I think because I just saw it. Yeah. Not it. The not TBS the, Superstation yeah, version. not the full version, and I saw... Yeah. Um, it's like 70 it, minutes long. Yeah, it was really, it was really long. <laughs> Keep saying flipping. It's like two and a half. It's really long. And it's, it is a sad story. Mm-hmm. It's a, well, you know, do you know the premise of it? Uh, let's see. The, the man falls to earth. 
meets the Goblin King. Uh, no. Gets his kid kidnapped. Well. No? <laughs> oh, and he meets Basquiat, and he sells he meets him. And asks him for his money. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. um, turns out he's Nikolai Tesla. And, and I... <laughs> See, Ty, you didn't yeah. have to watch it at all. The, <laughs> you know, it's just, you pick it up, pick it up by cultural osmosis, I guess. But no, no, the, I, the I alien comes that. to Earth, he's from a desert planet, like mm-hmm. Dune, and he comes to, like, find a way for his family to get there, right? Is that right? Yeah. It, and then he gets distracted and becomes a recording star and an alcoholic and like... No, he... That, no, no? You're, it's backwards. Oh, what? Oh. So oh. he becomes a recording star at the end of the film. Oh, yeah. Um, he comes to Earth because he wants to bring water back to his planet and so oh. he has, has all this amazing technology. Oh, right, right. And yeah. it kind of... And he doesn't age. Everyone else ages. Oh, right. And he becomes an alcoholic. Oh, right. In turn, because everyone else is an alcoholic around oh. him. Oh. So... And it's really ironic... And a oh. plate. he came from a planet that had no water, no mm-hmm. liquid, and then he comes to Earth. And turns into a drinker. Turns into yeah. a drinker, yeah. and they, he's stuck here. <laughs> yeah. He's stuck. He can't leave. Yeah. So, um... It's sad. Yeah. It's a yeah. sad story. I, well, I'm stuck here. I can't leave her. What? I mean, no. You know, not You're not bad. an alien. <laughs> 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 it's okay. You're used to it. I'm a little pissed about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what's the... Uh, so tell me about the New Mexico aspect of, uh, of the movie. What, well, obviously, a lot of it was filmed here. Bowie was here during that mm-hmm. time. Um, he, I know he, he played a show in Albuquerque in the 70s. And, uh, isn't that right? No? Okay, I saw something about this on Duke City Fix. He did, uh, yeah. Yeah. They had pictures. Yeah, okay. Did he play here? Yeah. At the Tingley Coliseum or whatever really? it was called? Oh. He played Tingley? Man, how oh, cool would that have been? No. Yeah. <laughs> Not that the sound is great there, oh, but the still. Oh, the sound is probably terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it would have been, been cool to see. It's probably better now. They did that big renovation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um... But yeah, but the big New Mexico connection that I'm interested in here is is has to do with our guest today. All right, she's been on I'm so excited about. about I'm so excited that you're here. here. I think it's so really cool. You have a secret guest. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh. um, so this is uh, Sandra Dodd. <laughs> Say hi, Sandra. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I've been hiding by just not talking. Right, and um, Sandra Dodd is uh, apparently. David Bowie's first American fan, from what I understand. Allegedly, Allegedly. according to him. Well, I don't see why he would lie about it. Well, maybe he was just kind of trying to... uh, He probably said that to all the girls. Yeah, all the... (laughs) Still, (laughs) you have it in writing, and as far as I know, nobody else has it in writing. So, um, you're you're from New Mexico, right? I grew up in Española. Grew up in Española. And uh, when did David Bowie first appear on the radar for you? Can I tell the story? Yes, do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Talk about this in, in whatever way you want to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. let's hear the story. Start because, with your because, birth. We don't care. Because <laughs> when, when people were asking me before, it's like, we, we want to ask you three questions so we can distort the whole thing in a right. really crappy little blog post. Okay? Yeah. And I'm like, uh, what's, well, what's, what's my answer? <laughs> 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 well, at least they're up front about it. <laughs> this is a Tide commercial. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, you know, I watched Track of the Moon Beast because of this blog, because okay. of this podcast, and so I'm, Sorry. I think less of you, Sorry. I think less of you than I did before that. <laughs> <laughs> when Mike, when Mike contacted me, it was just like the day after David Bowie had died, and, and every, uh, I was getting a lot of contacts, and I was so yeah. happy when you said maybe in a couple or three weeks, that was perfect. Oh, good. But uh, when I looked you up, I, we had two mutual friends, Mo Palmer and Holly Dodd, and yeah. Holly Dodd's my daughter, oh, so that's, that's kind awesome. of Awesome. Cool. 
And we know Mo Palmer is the uh, so local historian here. Yeah, she she's was... my next door neighbor. Oh, no, oh great. Okay. okay. Uh, no, that was so Mo. great. I hope I want her to listen to this. I want. Yeah. Well, I think we're gonna have to teach Mo how yeah. to work. <laughs> well, until yesterday, I associated you guys with Mo and Holly, and, oh, yeah. I, and I liked you. And then I watched that lizard movie. And, and then oh. now you don't like us anymore. So. I'll, I'll, I'll never think of you again. We thought it was movie. bad. We didn't. We didn't warn people. At least warn people several times. Don't watch this. At least the first one I found was the mystery science theater version so that right, was yeah. that that was funny that yeah, was yeah, yeah yeah it, yeah helps to have jokes in it the reason, <laughs> the reason I want to tell the David Bowie story letter slowly is that it's mm-hmm. because it's so unlikely and so fragile a situation that it ever would have happened at all interesting in the summer of 1967 a long time ago I was yeah. I was 13 turning 14 I turned 14 that summer and my cousin Debbie lived in Amarillo, Texas. She was about my age. And I had another cousin living with me in Española who was about my age. We were all within eight months. And I was the youngest. Okay. So we were not special cousins in that family because there were six older ones and four younger ones. And we're just like, these happened to be in the same age girls. So Debbie's uncle was a manager of a country station called KZIP. Okay. And all the stations in those days, I think it's really hard for young people to... It's hard for me to understand things from before I was born, right, of yeah, course. Sure. But it's really hard for people who have the internet, magazines, really, you know, great libraries and have had resources their whole lives to imagine how it was in the 60s. Right. Bad. Like, wow. if you wanted the lyrics to a song, you could go and buy these magazines at the grocery store that were made on newsprint that had song lyrics. What? Yeah. They were cheap. Never heard that. Never heard and they that. were not even good. I mean, they, they yeah. sometimes people just, like, transcribed them off the radio. <laughs> Occasionally, they actually had a published version. Wow. Like, excuse you couldn't me find out. the sky kind you of could, stuff. You couldn't. Yeah. I, I think the Beatles were the first one. The first ones I knew of to put right. song lyrics on album covers. Sergeant and then a lot of people started doing that. But before that, people would just, just transcribe themselves and, oh, and right. trade them back and forth. In handwritten copies, what did they call those, photocopy. those song song lyrics? <laughs> I don't know. There were probably names of them, but oh, my yeah. mom used uh, to get them for country and yeah. western songs because that. So if people were singing songs and they couldn't catch the lyrics themselves, oh they God. would go get these little. Wow, that's they, really they, I've never heard this. And so that's anyway, amazing. so the, when people wanted to have their records played, they would send the albums to their their agents or whatever. Would send all of these. Mm-hmm. Pr- uh, demo copies to radio stations. Right. So without really knowing what was going on, very often they didn't have good lists of which stations played what. Oh, okay. So they would just broadcast, you know, like scattershot these albums right. as far as they could to every radio station. Wow. So whoever was representing David Bowie in the United States, some New York publishing company, mm. had sent this album to KZIP, which was a country station. Mm. Whoa. And because so, my because yeah. my uncle was manager, he would go through and whatever was rock and roll, he would give to my cousin Debbie, his daughter, yeah. his youngest daughter oh, okay. at home. So he takes Debbie this stack of albums every once in a while. But this one summer, she happened to come and see us, so she brought us a pile of albums, twenty or twenty five. You know, I remember oh the stack God. of them, and gave them to Nada because Nada ranks me. So she gives them to the older cousin, right? Okay, and so. and says, here, if there are any you want, you can have them. Yeah. So Nada goes through and gets the one she wants, and then she hands me the rest of the pile. This and in this pile <laughs> is this three times rejected, rejected by the radio station, rejected uh-huh. by Debbie, rejected by Nada, David Bowie album, in my pile. Oh, wow. And which album? Where? It was called David Bowie. And, and, and that's not, just like the Beatles had introducing the Beatles, mm-hmm. which is not considered their first album, right, really, because right. it sort of like was shoved aside. It's just some and then there was Meet the Beatles, the yeah. first mm-hmm. capital album. It was like that with Bowie, too. There was mm-hmm. another album later that's considered like the first album. Okay. So this is like a pre-first 
Passaway okay. a little bit. A little. I mean, the fans know every, get every track, right? Sure, sure. So I, I get this album, and I listen to all of them, and it's like, eh, it's okay, it's all right. The tradition in those days, perhaps still, was that an album would have two good songs. Yeah. Pretty much the A and B side of some 45. Right, right. And then 10, filler, whatever. Yeah. The Beatles didn't do that. Right. And I was a big Beatles fan. Yeah. And this one didn't do it either. Oh, really? Okay. Every single track on that album was just as good as could have been oh, okay. a 45. And I'm like, oh my gosh. This hey, which uh, songs do you remember? Uh, my favorites were this weird little Mr. Gravedigger song. Mr. Gravedigger. Okay. And uh, um, Rubber Band. Rubber I really band. liked Rubber Band. And there was Love You Till Tuesday was the sort of poppy, mainstreamy thing. But mm. they were, the style of them all was different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I respected that a ton. So like the Beatles did. Right. Yeah. And so it wasn't like, this is my style and I'm going to just shove it out until I, you know, for money. Yeah. Right. It, and also he was a kid. He was young. Yeah, he must have been. So a I was, I was, I had just turned 14. He was 20. Wow. But I didn't know that from the album. I had no idea. Right. So I, ah. I wrote him a letter. I wrote a letter and I didn't, and people say, why didn't you keep a copy? It's like 1967. I could have handwritten a copy, but who knows? It's it, I didn't think it was important. Right. I'm just going to write to this guy and go, I listened to this album and I really liked it. Mm-hmm. So I dug around on the um, album itself to look for an address, okay. and there was some address, you know, teeny tiny on the right. border, and I wrote to that, and waited, and you know, in those it wasn't even that easy to write to places. I had to right. go get my mom to drive me to the post office. <laughs> so can you tell us about where you were living in Española? Like what was? Laura San Pedro in this okay. Adobe farmhouse that my dad had bought. Um, it was it was awesome. But my room, this is the first year I'd had my own room because I'd been sharing with Nada in this back bedroom. Uh-huh. It's kind of a two-bedroom house that my parents kept uh, making nooks and crannies be another bedroom. Like they were in the dining room and there were four kids there. And so I got the canning room, which was this half under the ground <laughs> room off the kitchen and one yeah. whole wall of shelves, which I needed because I had a bunch of books and stuff. Okay. Behind awesome. the shelves, though, it was just bare adobe. So yeah. if I, I couldn't push anything up against the wall or, you know, dirt would fall. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the room I was in. That's the room I was in. It just had two steps down, and my closet was an old icebox, okay. like a tin and, and insulation uh, that hadn't <laughs> had a place for ice. So, okay, But now okay. that was just my closet. And... So in this room, I get a letter back, but it's from the publishers in, in uh, New York mm-hmm. saying, got this letter, but this is not where to write to him. Mm. Here's his address in London. Okay. Did they have to do that? No, no they didn't no. have to do that. Right. And could I have just said, oh, well, bummer. London, I'm not going to yeah. mess with another stamp. Far, I don't know yeah. how to send stuff to London. <laughs> yeah. But I got me another envelope, uh-huh. and I got my mom to take me to the post office again, and I mailed it to London. And then okay. I didn't expect mail back really you know it's just like I was I wasn't writing it because he was famous because he wasn't I wasn't writing it to get anything I didn't ask him Mm -hmm. for anything I just I just had this urge to tell him that I liked it yeah so then after a while I get a package a (gasps) real envelope like with with a newspaper in it, and I'm that's mo- the most exciting thing for me. It's like a oh, whole newspaper, and it's got the Chelsea Times, and there's his picture on the front. Okay. And and then uh, I just read that paper 
front to back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yes, think it was sure. eight pages, probably only yeah. eight pages. It's like a portal section. to another world. In a way, it was, right? and I and I was used to the Rio Grande Sun came yeah. out every week, and I imagine Which this is was about paper. like I that. that I think it was about <laughs> like that, though. Yeah. You know, it had yeah. who got their wrenches stolen, and all that. <laughs> that would have been spanners. Best there, police there weren't, because then I would have learned the word spanners. Uh, but okay. but I but I there was a little article that said that a, a lorry had had a fire under its bonnet, and I'm like, this oh. is heaven. Words. <laughs> I'm learning so much. But the article on him was really long, and it went like over three pages. And there was also a sort of editorial, a, a pay onto him from yeah. some fan, you know, wrote oh, something really mushy about him. There, so he sent that to me because he was excited about having been in the newspaper, and it was mm. something to send me. He also sent me photostatic copies of headshots, of publicity shots of him. Mm. And one, when it was published, they only went down to the waist, but in the shot that he showed me, it went down to belly button. They're on my website. If oh, anybody okay. wants to go look okay. at those, there are good scans. Yeah, of what is your website? Tell her this. SandraDodd.com. All right. And if you go, SandraDodd.com. D-O-D-D. Like all one word, Sandra Dodd. And at the bottom of that page, it says Bowie Letter, and you can get there, and you can click around. There are several pages of notes, documentation, and images. Oh, my God. So I got this package... Um, that summer, we had been listening to uh, Rubber Soul, which wasn't really new, but it was new to us. Those albums used to cost $5, and my allowance it was like $0.35. Cents. So it took a while yeah, to get an album. Yeah, right. And after my cousin left, we bought Sgt. Pepper's, which was new that summer, and we were on the way to Colorado Springs to visit relatives, other relatives. So I have this brand new copy of Sgt. Pepper's, Four People in Espanol. I bought it JC, uh, at, at um, oh J.W. Owens, Owens, which was a Quonset hut, uh, um, okay. sort of... <laughs> Yeah. Variety in grocery store. Whoa. And, and so we had to go all the way to Colorado Springs with this album that we couldn't listen to, right? But we're reading all the, because it had the lyrics, it had the beautiful cover. Right. So we just took turns looking at that all the way. And when we get to the relative's house, we have to be polite. Hi, hi. Sure. Yes, yes. Can we borrow your record player? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and, listen to the <laughs> and then, so we're trying to listen to Sgt. Pepper's. I, it's, I can't even... Begin to describe how exciting it was to hear those things new. You know, yeah. to hear one of those well, and have never it heard it before. Yeah. So, so that <laughs> if you know that about Beatles, Beatles albums, and they were already hugely yeah. screamingly yeah, right, famous. Right. Right. But for us to hear Rubber Soul, we just listened to it over and over, what and then to hear Sergeant Pepper's yeah. the same. You know, next month. Yeah. When I listened to that first David Bowie album, I was hearing it like that, but he wasn't famous. Right, so he okay? was doubly So new. not only, yes, nobody yeah. told me you should listen to this, this is good. I, I got to hear it, and it got to be good all by itself. It got to right, well right. up in me on its own merit. So you discovered it. Really. Without, so well, feeling of, yeah, I, I didn't mean, discover but him, but yes, the, like yes, the discovery yeah. inside me right. was a surprise. Right, it wasn't like. Mike's always recommending things to me. You know, it's like, oh, this is so amazing! You gotta check this out. And you're like, you know, it gives you like some pressure, you know, like when you experience <laughs> something, and you're like, oh. But you, you know, to discover for yourself is a whole. Yeah, he told thing. me to watch a track of the Moon Beast. Well, <laughs> but no, it's not that. No, no, not no, no. Honestly, it's true. Like he crap. said, he said it's very terrible movies, <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, how terrible could it be? You were so right. It's pretty, pretty bad. So, so I liked that. I and it's it's almost impossible to do that with a movie because when you go to if it's yeah. in a theater, you already know somebody thinks it's great. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But because the album was a reject, because it was junk, right. it's just some because anywhere along the line, off. somebody could have checked it in the garbage. Right, right. 
because it had that status in you my life, it, and it, spoke to you, it, yeah. it it told me it was good. Yeah. Nobody else told me. And so yeah. that's something that, that nobody else can have. Yeah. And, and that was very cool for me. When Even did David Bowie become a thing in the U.S.? It, like, was, it was a few years later. It yeah. wasn't that year or the next year. Right, I don't right. know. It was gradual. Yeah, but when I was, by the, the time, that was 67, and yeah. I was going into eighth grade. Huh. Ninth grade. And then, but then... Um, so anyway, I was listening to I was listening to a bunch of stuff with harmonies, and this didn't have harmonies. Um, but the but the letter itself, I should talk about. Yeah. So this was part of the package you got. Yeah. Back from, uh, yes. Yes. The... Yes. Yes. And it was on bigger paper. I have copies on you know American paper. The letter itself is on A4, so yeah, it's bigger okay. and it doesn't fit in a you know copy machines uh. and stuff. But all I want to talk about photostats. Those pictures, they just curl up. That was before Xerox machines. Mm, right. So it was a big roll of paper yeah. that went through the machine slightly damp. I don't know how it worked. Weird. Was it that purple? Came out, it was like came out that purple ink? No, that's that's mimeograph. Yeah, mimeograph. Okay. I remember those. This yeah, this it was it was a photographic process because mm -hmm. they were those are photos. You could do photos even better than Xerox. You know, Xerox oh, okay. couldn't do photos. You could do photos, you could do music and stuff like that. Huh. But it comes out a little damp and the papers always curl. Huh. Like you have to flatten them down. So when these came out of the envelope they Curled up almost mm -hmm. immediately. Interesting. But they're, but they're good. There are scans of them flat. Huh. But they never would be flat. Because, and the paper's a little bit thick and a little bit fragile. A little, yeah. Uh, it tears easily. But but I, I took care of them. Um, <laughs> so, so the letter itself is wonderful, too. I want to I say again that he was not famous. Right. This letter's a full page. I wrote him some little... I probably said something embarrassing like that he was really groovy or fab or something. <laughs> <laughs> Which couldn't be helped True. if he you're 14 groovy. and it's 1967. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we're talking to David Bowie. <laughs> That's so great. I don't know, what, but I remember I compared him to the Beatles. That's all I remember okay. for sure, and that I said some specific mm. things about some right. songs, and that mm. I thought... That that I, I that I, I loved when people sang their own stuff. I was yeah. kind of a snob for that, even yeah, as a kid. Sure, sure. Wow. So uh, the letter set is on Pitt Stationery. It says Kenneth Pitt. Okay. And I want to say something about that when I get to talking about letters of note. Please remind me. I wanted to say something about okay. forget. It says twenty fifth September nineteen sixty seven. Dear Sandra. When I called in this, my manager's office, a few moments ago, I was handed my very first American fan letter, and it was from you. I was so pleased that I had to sit down and type an immediate reply, even though Ken is shouting at me to get on with a script he badly needs. That can we-at, W-I-A-T. And then in parentheses, he put we-at. That's a new English word, which means wait. <laughs> this is all typed. I mean, he typed it himself. I've been waiting for some reaction to the album from American listeners. There were reviews in Billboard and Cashbox, but they were by professional critics, and they rarely reflect the opinions of the public. The critics were very flattering, however. They even liked the single Love You Till Tuesday. I've got a copy of the American album, and they printed the picture a little yellow. I'm really not that blonde. I think the picture on the back is more me. Hope you like those enclosed. In answer to your questions, my real name is David Jones, and I don't have to tell you why I changed it. Nobody's going to make a monkey out of you, said my manager. My birthday is January 8th, and I guess I'm 5'10". There's a, there's a fan club here in England, but if things go well in the States, then we'll have one there, I suppose. It's a little early to even think about it. I hope one day to get to America. My manager tells me lots about it, as he's been there many times with other acts he manages. I was watching an old film on TV the other night called No Down Payment, a great film but rather depressing if it is a true reflection of the American way of life. 
However, shortly after that, they showed a documentary about Robert Frost, the American poet, filmed mainly at his home in Vermont, and that evened the score. I'm sure that that is nearer to the real America. I made my first movie last week, just a 15-minute short, but it gave me good experience for a full-length deal I have starting in January. Thank you for being so kind as to write to me, and do please write again and let me know more about yourself. Yours sincerely, David Bowie, signed with a star above you. Some cat was laying down some rock and roll. Wow! That's wow. What a great letter! Oh, that's better. Okay. Oh he was 20. Yeah, and you can feel that. You can uh. feel his sort of... He doesn't really know who he is yet, you know? Yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's got a lot of hope, and he doesn't know how things are going to go. And he's so not really I have this letter, and I loved wow. that newspaper, and what I did with the newspaper, <laughs> because it was fragile, and I didn't have a filing cabinet or anything, all of those other things I kept in the envelope on a shelf. Okay. I thumbtacked the newspaper to the ceiling of my room because it was big and flat, and I used to look at it from the bed and think about... What a, how cool that I that he actually sent me the whole it is newspaper. So cool. Not so just cut out the articles, but I was glad right. that he sent me the oh whole paper. <laughs> I've been in I've been an Anglophile since I was little, since I can remember. It's mm. like when people think, oh, if I had a million dollars, I would move to Hawaii or mm. whatever, mm. you know, go to the Bahamas. I was like, I would go to England. Right. Just uh. go touch a castle. Just go be there. Oh, man, you and me, and, and, and I just I just <laughs> love you know Robin Hood uh, yeah. and King Arthur stuff. So and to have Espanola, that must have seemed so a long far way. Away. Oh yes, really lot far away. And so I got a London delivery to Espanola, and and I had oh. that whole newspaper. So yeah. that was exciting. If nothing ever else happened to me right. about that, you know, right. if that was the end right. and he didn't get famous, I was still real thrilled. Yeah. And sure. he seemed to be thrilled to have gotten a letter it's from kind of like a pen pal sort of thing at this point. At a, for a moment. Like, you know? So I did write back. God knows what I said, but mm -hmm. you know, it was probably short. But what I the, oh the response is I was going to say the re I probably did. This is so <laughs> groovy that you wrote. I don't know what I said because I didn't save the letter. Okay, so what I did write back to him. I must have asked him how tall are you when's your birthday and stuff because this is all I knew to ask because when yeah. teen magazines told about people, that's what they told. They still yeah. do. You go to Wikipedia, you know, what day he was born, how tall he is, right. and <laughs> right, on Korean right, right. sites what their blood type is. So, right. What's your real name? Yeah, sure. yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I just didn't know what else to know. I, I had beetle cards. We used to buy beetle cards. Mm -hmm. For a nickel, you get it, you know, five cards and a piece of bubble gum. Um, and they always told how tall they were, so I didn't know yeah, what else to that's ask. That's obviously like an important thing. But no, you, because there's no Wikipedia, there's no photos. You yeah. you don't have any other way to get factual information about people in those days, right. especially about rock and roll. Right. Yeah. Because even if no one's going to keep track at a library of who David Bowie's agent right. is, right? right? They didn't right. care. This was like yeah. some throwaway junk that they all hoped would go away. <laughs> the other morning, my husband and I were eating at Furs Cafeteria, like old folks, mm -hmm. on a senior discount, and they're playing good rock and roll from the 70s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I said to my husband, Keith, I said, did you ever think that you would get old and, and be uh, on a senior discount at breakfast at Furs, listen to rock and roll? <laughs> and like he said, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We're all on that track. <laughs> it's inevitable. Well, it's the human condition. My friends would come in and they'd go, what's that? And blah, blah, blah. And then say, who is he? He's this, He's good. Yeah. You know, yeah, he's I, I'll, I'll, I'll put the record yeah. on if you want. He's probably going to be yeah. famous. Right. And you must have been like, like they weren't, this is not a record that was for sale in Espanol. No. Like no. This is just something no. that went to the radio no. station. So nobody knows about it right. at all. Nobody really no. knows who David Bowie and the, is. And the radio stations got, you know, a hundred of them probably yeah. a month. Yeah, and sure. I think Bowie's special in that way. Like, he's always felt kind of like 
Every, whoever's listening to him, it feels like he's your artist at that moment. I, I, yeah. I've had so many times when I've played him at parties or with friends around and people have like not been into it and I'm just like, well, whatever, then I'm going to listen to it by myself. This is like, <laughs> you know, this is not for you. You know, it's, it's, I think he's great in that way. He really speaks directly in that way. I really liked yeah. the lyrics and I liked that the music yeah. was solid and yeah. varied. Yeah. And did this kick off a, um, well, you, or do you have another Ooh. thing to read here? I was I just curious of whether, did this kick off like an ongoing no, interest in his music? No, it did not. No, okay. No, because I got really interested in folk music. I started playing oh. guitar and I was, I was, when I played piano, I only liked Baroque stuff. When I went to the university, I was in the Renaissance music program. Awesome. Um, I was the Keller Keller Ensemble, what they call it, the Keller, hmm. Keller Consort. Hmm. And that eventually became, you know, the, the whole uh, program now. But okay. at the time, anyway, well, everything that I did was leading to older, older stuff. Yeah. Renaissance, right. medieval. Right. Right. And I got really involved in that. And the music that I liked was all harmonies and wow. kind of yeah. country rock, yeah. Eagles, Cars, yeah. Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Hmm. That's, that's the concerts I was going to. And sure. I was I was a busy kid. I was always a busy kid. Right, I went right. to UNM early, so I went to UNM when I was seventeen. And people start were starting to know who he was right, a little bit, right. and there started to be self service copy machines at UNM okay. for a nickel. Wow. You could actually make a copy. So I made some copies of the letters so that I didn't have to have the real letter with me at the dorm. Right. And I'm show and so people said, oh yeah, I, I like this guy. I like his his album. Have you heard him? I go, yeah. I, you wrote me a letter. Do you want a copy? So it was something I could give people okay. who liked him, and they're like, yeah, oh cool. Yeah. So in those days, in the early '70s, um, I could give people copies, and that was kind of fun. And there was one stuck up on the wall at KUNM for a while. I don't know for how long. That's neat. Cool. And yeah. so time passed, and I became a teacher, and I got married, and I did all kinds of crazy family things, and 25 years passed. Yeah. And you didn't you didn't keep up with Bowie. It was... Well, was I mean, I knew he was there, yeah. and, uh, you know, a peripheral vision. I was sure. glad that he mm. was wonderfully famous, but yeah. I, yeah, no, that... You uh, weren't buying every album and listening no, to No, because it was over. never a bit... I went to see the man felt, who fell to earth. Oh, and then when they were filming that, friends of mine said, mm. you should go see oh, him. Yeah. You know, that's oh, the yeah. guy, that's that guy who wrote to you. And I went, right. yes. They said, you should go down there and see him. And I said, why? Yeah. yeah. Why? Because, yeah. For, because, they're, yeah. because he's busy, because I wanted to write and say the album was good. I didn't want to hang around him and, you right. know. Right. Yeah. And you, how do you, you get onto a movie set anyway? And yeah. I don't know where they are. Right. And I just didn't, it didn't, right. that didn't appeal to him. Right. I wasn't wanting to, but I did. He, I asked him about a fan club because... Also, that's the way you kept up with news. Right. Had there been a fan club and had I joined it, yeah. then I would have known all these things. If he had said, yeah, there's a fan club, it's so-and-so in Chicago, write to her, I would have right. sent her $5, she would have sent me a newsletter every right. few months, and I would have been up on this. But yeah. there wasn't. And I had said, if there's not one, do you want me to start one? That, so that's mm -hmm. why, now it's too early. Yeah. So if he had gone, sure, if you want to start one. No, you don't need permission to start one. I could have just started sure. one. Mm -hmm. sure. But... but <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe he wasn't going to be famous. Maybe that was the last album. I didn't know. But that's, that's not... It wasn't ever... Uh, oh, he's so cute. It right, wasn't... Right. It you wasn't a pink, girly. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't... <laughs> you weren't screaming at the Ed Sullivan no, no, You were a genuine show. fan. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Did he play the Ed Sullivan show? I don't know. Yeah. I, I, um, I don't know. But so that's really interesting to me because yeah. this is such... This is a, a, a brief moment in your life touching a brief moment in his life in a way that... You know, immediately, like, they, you guys kind of moved off in two totally different directions. You know, and so it's you, the 13-year-old girl in Española. I was 14. 14. 14. By the time the letter came. 14 <laughs> years old in Española, you know, interacting with 
a 20-year-old just at the very start of his career, David Bowie, to people who basically kind of stopped existing very soon after that. I mean, you know, when you're 14, you're a totally different person than you are when you're an adult. When you're a 20-year-old David Bowie, you're totally different than you are. And he was about to get swept up in a great amount of busyness. Exactly, Mm -hmm. like the the Ziggy Stardust David Bowie was probably a pretty different person with a lot of different experiences than Mm -hmm. the 20-year-old getting his first fan letter from America, David Bowie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm and so glad he had time to write that, that's and that he wrote it, yeah. and that he mailed yeah. it. You know, again, yeah. so fragile. At any step so along there, he could have just said, could you mail this? And they could go, no, nah, it's not worth the you right. know, three pounds right. or whatever to mail. No. And then Española of all places. Like you figure, you know, David But he's Bowie. not going to know that. Only everybody else right. in New Mexico knew it was the armpit <laughs> of New Mexico. He didn't oh, know. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> is one of the most beautiful places in the state. I mean, it's got some sad problems, yeah. but like, but it's gorgeous. I, you're I, from there. so well, <laughs> but, but I was there in the 60s and it yeah. was it was pretty glorious. It was mm. nice. Yeah. I could say a lot of good things about it. I could say some bad things. Also, I was sure. female. Yeah. And if there's an anthropologist in the house, here's the deal. You go into an odd, sort of strange territory, females yeah. are fine, males get beat up. Yeah. Or okay, shunned, or have a little right. more problems, a little less likely yeah. to marry it's into the local families. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, I had a really good time. <laughs> so these 25 years, I was super busy, and he was super famous, and everybody watched Labyrinth, and I had little kids who watched Labyrinth <laughs> over and over, because my kids were big Jim Henson, Jim Henson yeah, fans, yeah, sure. so they were, they were there for the that was for that I at first. David Bowie, I think probably yeah, a lot of people. Common. So yeah. then I got really involved in homeschooling, and created a website when I was able to, I could tell website stories, the history of crazy little old websites. But I got a real website, a GeoCities website, like where where you have sort of unlimited space and can put pictures and stuff. icons all over the screen. Right, right. You you no longer have to necessarily use clip art. (laughs) Not that I didn't have some. So in a discussion, for some reason, some mom wrote that she had had this crush on David Bowie for her whole life. It just came up. And I said, oh, yeah, really, I was his first American fan. <laughs> just, you know, you can't just throw that into every conversation. I know, yeah, exactly. That's, and, that's such a cool unique thing. <laughs> yeah. And so she said, really? And I had this website, and I had this scanner. Now scanners have come to the world. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. So I scanned the letter, and I put it on the webpage. And I wrote this, you know, what I could remember Story at that time. The day yeah. I wrote that, the, I had misplaced the letter because we had moved. Mm-hmm. From the house next to Mo to uh-huh. another house. My one of my sons lives there next to Mo. So we moved to another house and in the move I'm like, ah, where is that? It was in a then it was in a cardboard box. It said Bowie letter on the edge. <laughs> so at the time I had a copy anyway. This is the original Bowie letter at this point still, or is Yeah, yeah, but actual... but well the one that I scanned was not because it didn't yeah. it was too oversized, but right, any, okay. but yeah. Mm-hmm. So but you still have the original at that point. But yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I just didn't but on that page it says I don't know where it is, but that's because we had just moved. Mm-hmm. We had moved the year before. And uh, maybe two years before. My daughter Holly will hear this, and she is a walking encyclopedia. So she'll know. She'll say, Mom, it wasn't two years. (laughs) Anyway, sorry, Holly. Um, So I put that letter online, and eight years passed. Eight years passed, okay. So what what, what year are we about now? Uh, 2009. That was put up in 2001. So I put that up in 2001. And it sat there, and sometimes I would show it to people, and sometimes people would find it and say, "This is so cool." Yeah. yeah. And then after, and then I scanned the photos and and stuff and put that in there, so just for people to look at, right? And mm-hmm. for me to save, I thought, well, you know, this, at least still in two places now, and it's easier to share it than to photocopy it and mail it to somebody. Yeah, sure. So I loved we- I love websites, and I am a pack rat, and I love 
that now when I go visiting someplace, instead of having to collect stuff at flea markets right. and, and thrift stores, I do a little bit, but I, <laughs> I take pictures of it okay. and put it on blogs well, and put on websites. Yeah. So here are all my memories stored right. flat and mailable, and right, right, right. I can find it without Not going home. Right. Not even in a photo yeah. album. So yes. I love that stuff. So I got an email from a guy named Dean Murray at Rex Features in London. And he said, can I get a photo of you when you were 14? And can I, can I scan that letter? Can I get permission to use your scan? And so I, I, I'm like, yeah, yes. <laughs> and so then he said, I, I saw it in letters of note. Still, too. Oh, okay. this was 2009, and I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah. And so I, maybe he had called me. I'd have to look back at my notes. But anyway, I don't think he called me. Hmm. Uh, so my daughter Holly just so happened to be in London. She was staying with a homeschooling couple and being kind of a temporary childcare okay. um, unschooling okay, advisor, like a good an example of somebody who hadn't been to school so they could hang out with her, pick her brain, <laughs> and... And she could help them with this little boy, okay. for which she had to watch Star Wars, because Holly had been avoiding Star Wars, just on general, who knows what. It's cool, so I'm not going to watch it. Okay. And yeah. so this little boy was big into Star Wars, so it's like, we'll give you a job, though. We'll take you touristing and give you money. Yeah. We'll pay your way to London, but you got to study up Star Wars. you got to watch Star Wars. <laughs> so she did. Not a bad deal. Either. Yeah, I thought really. so. I thought so. <laughs> pretty, you know, pretty good movies. So because she was there, and he said, he said, this scan's all right, but... Is there any way that we could get the letter? Because they had one of those big photography things where you put oh. it flat under glass and you know yeah, take a big okay. picture. Big and so I said, well, yeah, I guess so. So I packed this stuff up with trepidation and mailed it to Holly mm -hmm. in London. And she and James, the dad of the family she was staying with, uh, was this one for James? He had been in a in a rock and roll band in Cambridge in the seventies and. You know, so he's he's like into this too. It's like, yeah, I'll take the letter. So they they get a uh, they go into London on the train. They take a cab to this office and they go in, and they hang around and talk to people while they photograph all those things with their big machine. And he wrote me a letter after that, and he said it was a pleasure meeting your daughter Holly. She was great and livened up what is actually a quiet office here. It's amazing how much she looks like you when you were fourteen. <laughs> So that, that was a, a couple of weeks after this letter was put in letters of note. So okay. when, when I heard from him, that's how I knew that that was in there. In the next couple of days, I was getting phone calls and almost, almost right. like, like when he died, but just so like a bunch of What contacts. is letters of note? It was a blog I had never heard of, but yeah. it was only a couple of months old at the time. And he was just finding uh, letters. The guy was interested in letters. And so if he could mm -hmm. find facsimiles of letters, and, and his, this one was exciting because nobody knew about it, right? right, Fa right, fam right it wasn't sure. famous. It wasn't in a book. So he found it on my website and put it on his blog. And um, I used to look at the stats of my webpage once in a while. <clears throat> it's got over a thousand pages. It's a busy, busy, big webpage. Mm -hmm. And I'd usually get a thousand to two thousand hits a mm -hmm. day. And it'd be like... It's a little graph that's going between 1,000 and 2,000. Mm -hmm. And then one day I just, out of the corner of my eye, looked at it, and it's like I only got hits on one day. Nothing. It's like zero. And <laughs> what happened? Oh. It's broken. I, I clicked on that, 
and it was 90,000. That one, oh, 2,000 wow. didn't show anymore. Oh, 2,000 had turned to zero. The baseline. <laughs> so the day after that was in letters of note. Yeah, wow. Um, Interesting. Because, be, I, I shouldn't say that. I, I would have to check the dates again, but it was it was within a couple of days. Yeah. Because he put it there, and, and then a couple of English newspapers contacted me they mm -hmm. that's why rex features wanted the photos because people were wanting to do articles and oh, they're yeah. they're like I, I don't know what it is here anymore who who uh sell photos right. to right, newspapers right. Like, yeah yeah i, uh, yeah, what I is forget the, the word clip art uh, like uh, yeah. wire services yeah. used to yeah. be called but yeah. i don't know how they stock do it now photo, not a stock yeah, photo yeah. yeah stock photo type yeah. websites yeah so <laughs> so they so they needed the photos and they would get them from these guys and mm -hmm. pay them royalties however that works so, um, that was cool for Holly. Yeah. And that was fun for me. And then she brought the stuff back when she came back. I was really shocked, not that 90,000 people came to my site, but that the articles were so horrible. God, they were oh. awful. Really? There, people with <laughs> blogs would oh, no. just flat out steal somebody else's article. Oh, Just yeah. like, cha -ching. Right. And it was in dozens or hundreds of little music and pop yeah, culture blogs. Sure, and, sure. With a link to my page, the, so that's what happened. It was just all the, the time. The age of blog yeah. And so I had my photo in two English paper newspapers and on websites, and I was interviewed by some Australian radio show. And then it went quiet again, and time passed. Mm -hmm. So January 11th last month, I woke up really early, like 6:30, because uh, I do these days. And um, there's a text from my oldest son on my phone, and it said, "Sad times. Figured you should see it here before." And I didn't read the rest. I got up to go to the computer. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and, and he said, before some less tasteful page announces the news, and he had gave me a link to an article, and I still didn't know who died. Right. Mm -hmm. But because it was BBC, I figured it wasn't one of our relatives. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> so I went there, saw what it was. It was really spectacular. Right. <laughs> so 15 minutes later, I get a call from Melissa Chan at Time Magazine. Oh. 10 till 7 in the morning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty early. <laughs> yeah. So it was a rough day, and the next day was just the same way. Just phone and ringing it was, off the hook, It basically. was frustrating, mostly mostly emailed, some messages like yours was, because we're not Facebook friends, it took me a while to yeah, find it. And, sure. But all day, I was just trying, <laughs> trying to just catch up with email and phone and stuff. Right yeah, now, I so that was that was weird. She kept me on the phone a long time and then wrote something bad, just so terrible. When, when you say that they're bad, like what what is it that's what, what is it about the way that people have told the story that you don't agree with? Well, the original, it's minor. You know who cares? Uh, people are just like, well, we said something because journalism does that. It's like, bam, right. we got some hits, we sold some ads. Next, yeah, I know, right. I know. You know, I, that's that's gone. I, I li I've lived in that world. <laughs> I know what it's like. You're just like, sorry. Ty was the managing editor for the Alibi, so he's. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so it's just like. Well, we, now we got to focus on the next issue. Yeah. You know? So, Sorry, so I'm like important enough to wake up at ten to seven. Except, yeah, haha, I was already yeah. awake. Um, <laughs> one day, but am I important enough for me to go? That's not really true. Right, it's like, right. sorry, it's close enough. Right. Uh, but so, things like that, I got the album details. as a gift from my uncle. Ah, that makes okay. it sound like he went, gosh, Sandra would love this, right. instead of the trail of trash oh, that yeah. actually got it to yeah, you. Yeah, right. and that, that does mischaracterize it. For, right? Yes, it, it, yes. That is an important detail. And my uncle didn't even look at that album. Probably one of the DJ's job was right. to, is it country and western or not? You know, don't yeah. even put it on the table. Exactly. Don't even get it off the mail cart. Right. Yeah. 
So anyway, uh, um, the questions that she wanted, to, that this woman wanted to ask me and that several people asked me over the next two days were, how did you feel when he died? What mm -hmm. I think they wanted me to burst into tears and mm -hmm. do some emotional thing right. that they could put on TV or radio. <laughs> and I, and I, <laughs> I did, I wasn't heartbroken. I don't know the man. Yeah, I, you yeah. know, what are you supposed to feel? He's right. older than I am. I'm in my right. 60s. People die. <laughs> People yeah, die yeah, all the time. And yeah. if I had known really how much he had prepared for it and how cool, yeah. cool, yeah. Mm -hmm. cool and produced out. the whole. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. So, you know, but, and they're, and they're like, so uh, when you got that letter, weren't you really excited? Yeah. Long story, which I just told right, you. Right, yes, right. I was, but right. not because he was famous, David Bowie, because right. he wasn't. Yeah. And. And one of the first set of articles, I know one of the things that, that people kept stealing was that I was the envy of all my teenage friends. Mm. No. <laughs> my friends came over was, and said, right? yeah. <laughs> what is that on yeah. your ceiling and who is this guy? Yeah, David Bowie? Yeah. They didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and yeah, his yeah. name should have been David Bowie, but that's the thing with readers' yeah. vocabulary, right? Yeah. yeah. You you say it the way your neighbors say it. Right. Like, sure, pre TV, sure, sure. pre pre. Uh. This is, and that kind of makes the story all the more amazing to me. Okay. It's like it's not. I love this. It's story. not like it's, it's not like David yeah. Bowie was a yeah. huge thing, and you you yeah. just were the lucky one. It's yeah. like you were kind of the first person in the area to discover David Bowie. You know, around here. But but it's like people expected you to just have this one dimension. You know, like that. This is the only thing you've ever been interested in in your life, and obviously that's not the story. Yeah, I mean, you no. you have so much more going on. You know, and, and a lot of time has passed and. Yeah, and even then, it's, it's if he had never written back, I would yeah. probably never have thought about right. it again. Right. Or I would have just said, yeah, I wrote yeah. to him. I hope he got it. Yeah. So when this when this thing came out, I used to have that letter, right? And I used to think, if he mm -hmm. gets famous, you know, after the yeah. first album or after the first movie, if he gets really famous, I bet I could sell this. I yeah, used to yeah. have this <laughs> image in my head. I bet I could sell this for $50. <laughs> and, and then That's I thought, That's like yeah, 10, 1967 albums. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I sold. I had an easel. I had an artist easel because I used to do art when I was little. But I totally, you know, that went away at puberty. Mm. Puberty girls sort of like get a scramble. Like you know, the dice cup is shaken. Ruins everyone. Really. Art was gone. <laughs> art was gone. In came music. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. Um, I sold my easel to my next door neighbor um, who was an artist uh -huh. and he was about to go to the university and study art and he knew I had this easel and and he said uh, my mom says you might sell me the easel he's over in our kitchen in Espanola yeah. and, and I said yeah and he said how much and I said how much does a Beatles albums cost yeah. uh, how much is a Beatles album and he said five dollars and I always remember that, and they were. Sometimes yeah, they were on sale for $4.50, but pretty much $5. And I said $5, and I went and bought Meet the Beatles, because I already had mm -hmm. the Beatles' second album. But I, I digress, always. You keep digressing, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> I like your other stuff. So, yeah, so, yeah mm, I was already interested in music before mm -hmm. that, and I had yeah. a bunch of albums. So I had something to compare it to. It and wasn't like the, the first... The original letter? Do you have it? No? I did until pretty recently. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I heard... Tell me it didn't burn in a fire. Oh, no, no. And I used to worry about that. And that's yeah. one reason I, I held out for... Oh, I was going to... I'll get back to that. Okay. okay. I've heard that it's in, in Japan in a, in a display. Wow. Not permanently, but in a traveling display of okay. costumes and, and wow. memorabilia and stuff. And that it was already on its way to Japan. Wow. And wow. that it's been on display in London. I don't. I don't know for sure. That's pretty. Cool. I don't. I don't have a perfect way to yeah. check, right. but I. I kind of know. That's awesome. 
So, right. but I have, but I have this the professional scans and my mm, scan, yeah, yeah. and so nobody can take and that away from me. And whoever really. owns whoever owns it, I I sent the whole set yeah. to because I wanted that stuff to stay together, mm-hmm. even though they're like, yeah, hey, we just want the lighting. <laughs> but but you know, I I know that that stuff goes together. But I have right. scans and I have the memory, and no one else yeah. can ever hear the album like I heard it. Right. Right. So the story and getting the letter that has my name on it to my yes. house, that's mine. That's so whether I still have that piece of paper or not they doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Doesn't matter to me. That's right. the best part yeah. of it. Because yeah. because I still have the yeah. the story and the experience of one right. one human contacting another. But <laughs> some know? of the other questions that they were asking me that bothered me were were like, did you go to a lot of his concerts? Or are you a big fan? Yeah. So it feels like they're setting me up to go. No, I'm not. Like and then they're like all bummed that they asked me. Yeah. Right. So so by noon on on Monday I was like, okay, listen, <laughs> don't I will I will let you interview me, but don't ask me this or this. Yeah, and there yeah. was there's a local radio person. I'm not gonna say who was cranky, and she she wouldn't. She didn't want to hear me say I don't want you to ask me this or this. Yeah. As though, I, you know, I'm not a murderer. I'm right, not being right. interrogated. Why do you get to decide what to ask me? I'm doing yeah. you a favor, right, <laughs> yeah, for yeah. 20 seconds on a radio mm-hmm. drive show. You know, this is a lot of work for me. Right, right, right. right. And so I don't want to be set up to seem like a doofus by their questions about how many concerts did you go to? Yeah, did you blah, right. blah, 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 blah. <laughs> no, do, can I talk about the actual letter? Yeah. Or do you want to just, you know, set me up Jeez. as seeming someone who was ungrateful for the blessing yeah. or something weird, right? It just, goes, mining, yeah. it just goes yeah. to a weird place like that. Yeah, yeah. well, it's, they want you to be the super fan. So she right? said, well, I don't think those questions sound unreasonable. Yeah, okay. And I said, well, here it's going to be short anyway, so here's what I'd like to talk about. She said, well, I think I'm going to decline the interview. Oh, Decline? Wow. Okay. Like I applied? Yeah. Like I you called and said, will you please interview me on your radio yeah. show? Like, oh, yeah, decline irritated me. So then after that, I was thinking, that's it. That's I'm not talking yeah. to anybody, but I, I calmed down. Now. Thanks for talking to us. We really appreciate oh, it. Oh, no, no. It, so no, nice. you you were sweet. You guys are yeah. nice, and you're letting me tell the story. It's not like, okay, you're done yeah. now. <laughs> This is a great story. Yeah, yeah this is like, our, this is like my favorite episode right now. Oh, Lita Alakani <laughs> came to my house. That was neat from Channel 7. She's She works in Santa Fe, but she came to my house, and she was her own camera crew. She had this oh, big okay. bunch of equipment. Who was it? Uh, Lita Alakani is her name, I think. What's the She's really nice. Um, KOIT. Oh, KOIT. She was really, really nice and, and did a really good piece. Good, good. And there's a link... From uh, I can send you guys the links okay, if you want to be able to share. We'll so uh, there's KOAT, and then the next morning KOB. But the first day on on Facebook, my son Kirby sent this really great comment. It was uh, Simon Pegg, the actor, wrote on Instagram, "If you're sad today, just remember the world is over four billion years old." And you mm. somehow managed to exist at the same time as David Bowie. There it is. Yeah, yeah. Right there. And then not only that, you happened to exist at exactly the right time to write him his first American fan mail. <laughs> I thought that was just a really, really sweet quote. Yeah. I didn't know that morning, because I was getting these calls, I really thought at first that it was just my, my friends and yeah. letters of note. Yeah. That it that the reason I was seeing it so much over and over on right. Facebook is that it was people who had seen the letters of note before, but apparently no, apparently yeah. it had really gone it's everywhere. Yeah. And so then, so I got a call Tuesday morning from. I hope I'm not getting these days of the week wrong, but the second morning, um, the twelfth, I got a call from someone on the phone, English accent. She said she was in New York and worked for NBC in London, and they wanted an interview and. 
could they do? And I said, can you do Skype? And she's like, we'd like to just send somebody over. Like, oh, okay. oh my gosh. <laughs> so, so then I, I'm like, I, yeah, I don't know. I didn't, I wasn't having fun talking to her. I don't know why it was yeah. just, it was feeling pushy, yeah. like just <clears throat> really pushy. Yeah. And so she, she said, oh, you must've been so excited. I know I wrote to Michael Jackson twice and he never wrote back to me. <laughs> I would have gone crazy if he'd written to me. Yeah. And I said, buddy, and then I thought, ah, I'm talking to, to somebody who's not listening to me. Right. Well, and so so I, I said, if you will email me mm-hmm. and let me write yeah. you a couple of things and send you a link, yeah. then, I, then I'll talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. Right. So then I get a call from somebody here at KLB from TV and um, she's... And she's talking to me on, on the phone and saying, blah, 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 we'd like to do this for you know NBC International. We'd like to film you if you could. And I get another call from somebody at KOB. And I said, I'm talking to somebody from KOB. <laughs> and he said, oh. And so like they talk and so I can hear them talking to me. I'm really on? sorry. I'm really sorry. <laughs> so he's like her boss. And he said, we're yeah. just so excited. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so I said, I could have talked to him because it turns out he ranks. And I have um, them both like, uh, you know, one of the ones. And then I, but I said, can I talk to her again? Uh, yeah, sure. So I went down there. They interviewed me very nicely. That's cool. And they were so sweet. And I, I just thought it'd be easier here, for me say. to drive down there. And I was tired. I was just, yeah. you know, all frazzled from being at the house and, right. and the right. input isn't stopping. So I thought, I will get in my car and I'll drive downtown. Yeah. I need that. So I'm yeah, out okay. in the wind. And I'm just, so I got there. I was calm. Those guys were great. And after I've already talked, they, they've already said, what do you not want us to ask? What do you want us to ask? Because they know they only got a few minutes. They, yeah. they were yes. perfect. They were Good. awesome. And so at the end, the cameraman has already pulled the camera back to do another shot of the, you know, whatever setup thing with mm-hmm. the interviewer. And so then I said, oh, I just thought of something. Mm-hmm. Do you mind if I say one more thing? Without even looking at the interviewer, the camera guy like goes back in position. Nice. Okay. And... And I said this, and I and and I was when I saw it later, I went wow, <laughs> because I it just came. I thought it's probably one of the best things that people could read on that day, on a really sad day, is a sweet mm-hmm. letter, all full of potential and hope yes. and youth. Totally. I thought it was kind of a perfect tribute for people to be sharing that letter. Yeah, yeah. it's so earnest. It's such an earnest yeah. letter. You're not, you know, like you pointed out, you're you're not writing to a super famous <laughs> person. You're not writing as a fan. You're writing as somebody who just really was was touched by this music to somebody who made it, and it's it's a super earnest connection. And I love that. You right, know, nice. that's, yeah, uh, that's awesome. How lucky for both of you! You yeah. were at the right window <laughs> of receiving and accepting. Yeah. And he wrote to you, and it was so personal, like like a pen letter. Yeah, it wasn't somebody like who was just. Yeah. It was talking talking to you about his day, mm. his day oh, in the life yeah. of this. Making fun of writing a typo. You yeah, know? <laughs> of this kid though, being like, I can relate to you in this weird way across yeah. the world, which is so cool. I love it. I just love it. It's powerful. What a good writer he is too. Yeah, I mean, yeah already totally. I knew that. Yeah. And then and then he's he wrote something music. for me. Yeah. 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 he's very articulate. Yeah. He's getting yelled at. When I used to think. <laughs> when I used to think. When I used to think I could sell this letter someday, I thought, ah, oh, and sort of out of the corner of my eye for the rest of my life, you know, I started looking at how do people sell autographs? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's better yeah. than an autograph. It's a letter. Yeah. I can't sell it as an autograph. And then I thought, well, I'm not going to sell it anyway. Than... <laughs> and, and, and then, and I thought, 
<coughs> I don't know how I will ever prove yeah. anything. Yeah, right. But I didn't. I wasn't too worried about it, you know. But yeah. I, it would occur to me that I couldn't prove anything. If somebody were really. I didn't have the stamps on the envelope anymore because yeah. I'd given those to some stamp collecting cousin or something. But I had all the. I had the packet, and I thought, well, the packet would probably be enough to. Yeah. So then, letters of note comes out, and I start to see the comments when I went to that blog. On the side of the blog, it used to have uh, like five of the most popular, you know, the the, the oh. letters that have been getting. <laughs> right. That was always in the top for the yeah. first little while, okay. for the first year or so. I mean, right. like, that's the letter that they got the most hits on. That's so cool. So the the historically, all of his talk about the United States is the big thing because okay. he then he ended up living in the U.S. a lot oh, yeah. and and dying in the yeah. U.S. And so for for me to have him. Yeah. Effusively yes. saying, maybe I'll get to go some there some someday. Marlon and I were just talking about this about Ian Curtis from Joy Division about like how people just get so defined by how they die, and yet it, it's such a it's it's wrong headed I think in some ways because people's lives are so much fuller than that, so much bigger than that, and and uh, you know like I think it, this is such a wonderful story, and I've loved seeing it in my Facebook feed and 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 elsewhere just because it's like. It's kind of a reorienting of the subject. Like David Bowie was this this vibrant, optimistic, wonderful, hopeful person at this point, you know. And uh, and it's it's just and you know and so were you in a way, you know. And that's what I find really yeah. interesting about this is that it's like this one moment in in two people's lives connecting, and then two pretty different lives, but like very full lives, you know, and going in in different directions. And I, I, I find that, I find something sort of profound in that. What do you, what do you I think mean? it's fantastic. Yeah. I just love it. And I think it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are making me see it in a, in a bigger bed. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so cool. Like, the, the way you read the letter, too. Yeah. That's the first time I ever read it aloud. And I, I was hesitant when you said you should read it, because we always have oh, something yeah. read. And I thought, I can't read it. But two things happened. And then I'm like, I have to go back out to how I knew, how people knew it was good signature. I need to go back to everything twice. Not really. Not really. <laughs> I was I just going to tell you? I don't know. You'll remember Ooh, it. it was <laughs> good. No, it was good. Oh, it was, oh, it'll be lost forever. The best thing uh, I was ever going to well, say. You'll remember so, so in the comments, on the letter, on oh, the blog, the yeah. somebody said, oh, uh, Kenneth Pitt was only his manager for a little while. Oh, okay. So some fan knew, some guy knew mm. the details. So right. that's how this stationery is what nailed it. My uh, manager, Ken. Yeah. This right. proved the signature. That particular uh, and, moment. And finally, in retrospect, after all those years, why didn't he write back? Probably because it went to his manager, Ken, who was yeah. only his manager for a little while. Right. He might never have gotten the next letter. Yeah. But even if he did, I always figured, well, I was a kid. He wasn't yeah. interested or he's really busy. Yeah. And something about that letter, too. I mean, you know, like you say, it's a full page. What is it like? 300 words it's or thoughtful. something There's like that. There's a lot to it. Who, There's so much going on. When's the last time you got an email that was like that? You it's know, been a while. That, that was that kind of yeah. word. I, I, yeah. That's something that's kind of. I like do a all part the time. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I do. I'm yeah. glad to hear that. Then. <laughs> well, that's Somebody really cool. is. I, I, I correspond with a lot of people at length. I do. Oh, yeah, that's, awesome. that's good because, man, I feel like these days I get like two sentence yeah. emails from people most of the right. time. It's like a, it's Send like me that a text. Thing. The end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I get messages like that. I don't get emails like that, though. You get long emails? I get long messages, long texts, long oh, Facebook messages. Yeah. Like kind but of, not an email. That's but like, not an email. Oh. Yeah. Curious. Sorry, I didn't you. Oh, that's... <laughs> <laughs> 
Hmm. Wish I knew what I was gonna say a minute ago. Well, I, I think I think that I think the quote that I that I accidentally sort of said at the last minute uh, to the Channel Four guys was good. Yeah, I think it's good and the one. Simon Pegg thing. I thought I, the, I the set, the oh, set, the set awesome. of them. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah. Well, and, uh, you know, and honestly, I was listening to this American Life the other day about um, a, applying uh, physics concepts to life, and one one of the things is the uh, the so called mediocrity. Uh, the mediocrity uh, thesis or something like that. And basically it's it's that there is no center of the universe, that all points in the universe are the center of the universe. Mm. And so in a way it's like, yeah, Simon Pegg says this about David Bowie. Aren't you lucky? And to all live? of us. Yeah, exactly. That's mm. the thing. We're also mm-hmm. lucky to like live at the same time as each other, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. You're in here today with us, you know? And that's an amazing thing right there. It's like it, it, it David Bowie's kind of serving as a uh, as a weight as a lens to view some of the amazing things in our own lives maybe you know like him his this this letter um, you reaching out to him at that age him writing back to you and it, it, it's yeah. it's the same kind of thing that we've all experienced in some way in our own lives it's just because yeah. it's David Bowie, that becomes preserved. You know? Look, I love Bowie, but honestly, my favorite thing in this whole story is the portrait of you and Espanola that this <laughs> offers. Like, uh, discovering this music. To me, that is, like, such a wonderful moment in time. You yeah. know, like, it, that's, like, I feel privileged that we get to hear some of that. And it's just, sort like, of preserved what that must have been like. away because yeah. of the, the nature of his celebrity right. allows this right. moment to be sort of preserved. Like, right, I mean... You held on to that letter because, yeah. you know, he was a musician. Yeah. Because I was a pack rat. I also really love the details of it, of how you were so moved by it. Like, yeah. you, you, ha- you, the way you talked about getting this, finding this album, like it was like the reject of the reject of the reject, and then it was something, meant something to you. And that you were a detective enough to be like, I'm going to write to him. And then yeah. your mom took you to mail it. I love these little details. That's what makes this story so well, magical it, to me, is because yeah. you. We're just like by an invisible thread. You were yeah. like, I must f- write to this person. I must connect. It's so awesome. That's what art does. It's awesome. It's so awesome. Yeah. What yeah. a great story. Yeah. Sorry, well, and, and he really was a man who fell to earth in that way. Like he was like this. You get this transmission from another world from uh-huh. across the ocean. Well, like, he know? was like, an alien. Yeah. <laughs> because because I was not in a fan club, yeah. I didn't know what was going on right. in those days. What? But he didn't come straight from England to be in that movie. He was already living in Los Angeles. Mm. Oh, okay. So it wasn't like he said, oh, I'm going to the United States. I'm going straight to New Mexico. To New Isn't Mexico. that where my first fan was? <laughs> it wasn't like that at all. No, no. But I was, I was too busy to, to know or care. There was no way to know. Right, there, you, yeah. you just couldn't. There was no way to follow people. Like now, the whole world is a stalking system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd, you'd be on his Twitter feed. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's kind of... I don't know what I think of it all right now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. You guys, I've, I've listened to your podcast. I bought your books. I bought. Oh, thank you. Did you really? I bought. Oh, thank you. Wow. Because well, you know, I was at Walgreens. Didn't mean to. I was at Walgreens the other morning, That's and there they were. So like, yeah, I towns in the Sandia Mountains and forgotten Albuquerque, yeah. and I looked at all the pictures and I read. I really like your closing, and oh, I thought about bringing that and reading it to oh, read something, but yeah. nice, nice writing. You guys thank, did a good job. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Sarah. Uh, so nice. So those but, books are as expensive as textbooks, and I don't I suppose sorry. you get any of that money. Sorry. We get a little bit of that. <laughs> yeah, I think I get, like, isn't, like, a dollar like a per copy? Yeah. 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 yeah, I kind of, I, I studied up, and I listened to podcasts, and so you were talking wow. about people's 
first impressions of Albuquerque. Yeah, yeah. That I could give you two good ones. Okay, okay. let's hear The first time I came to Albuquerque... From Espanola. Well, well, when I was... Uh, we moved we moved to, to New Mexico temporarily, and it didn't ever end. So mm, yeah, okay. my dad had a contract job to put some equipment together for a mining company. Uh-huh. And to set up a... a plant to grind mica and sericite mm-hmm. and my dad said it's for fireproof paint and I thought that's funny <laughs> no probably rockets and, oh, and okay. space uh, program uh, stuff oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah so strange didn't thing. know at the time but I thought yeah that's weird so they're making paint out of mica yeah. whatever but, um, so, so my aunt said I've been to New Mexico you'll love it it's beautiful Indians sit on the side of the street selling things yeah. <laughs> okay, now I was a really little kid, and I, my, yeah. my experience with Indians was powwow, the Indian boy loved all the animals in the wood. A little yeah. cartoon TV show. Sure, yeah. No. And I thought, I'm afraid that if I'm going down the road in beautiful New Mexico, that Indians will make me buy stuff. You know, like, <laughs> They'll make you buy stuff. Uh, I thought, you know, just in, with, their, with their tomahawks. I don't know. I don't know. That, <laughs> that sounded ominous to me. <laughs> so we would have lived in Santa Fe, I suppose, because the plant was in Pahuake. But uh, mm. when we got there, the, there were no open, you know, the, we got there late, I guess, and the hotels were closed. Okay. And so my dad kept driving until kept he driving. got to the far side of Espanola, mm. the Ranchero Motel. Oh, okay. Right next to the Starlighter Drive-In. This is not a podcast about Espanola, but there will be some Espanola people listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm down with it. You know, I feel like I, anything I like that. So, yeah. so, so I, I uh, lived there, and, and then my parents rented a house in uh, McCurdy Road, and then they bought that house in Laura San Pedro all within that mm-hmm. first year that we were there, and they decided to just stay. They liked it, and here I am. And nobody made you buy anything, right? No. <laughs> not, not so overtly. Not so overtly. They were subtler. They, they didn't have <laughs> hand axes. So I liked it. There was a lot of music in Espanola, a ton of music in Espanola, good music teachers. Really? I had Robert Felix. Um, Mrs. Laudermilk, my piano teacher, was good. And there were a lot of rock and roll bands, mm. a lot of music going on. My dad really? would not let me be in a rock and roll band. Uh-huh. No. But I could uh, have <laughs> boyfriends who were lead guitarists, and that was oh, that my was, pattern at the time. Well, that was a... Uh, <laughs> he didn't think that one through. <laughs> that was your gateway drug, Sandra. You're like, lead guitarist. Thanks, Dad. So, uh, so did you have a, like, was, do you remember like coming into Albuquerque at any point? I do. So we, came, so we came to see friends of my dad's, um, a family that my, that my parents had known. Uh, I guess my dad knew him from the army or something, and... Mm. So uh, we're driving, and when you come up out of Santa Fe and you're up high, mm, you know, just yeah. past the racetrack, and you see the Sandias down oh, there, and my dad said, Huge. My, my friends live right at the bottom of that mountain. Oh, okay. So I pictured mountain, comes down like a cartoon mountain, right, bam, yeah, yeah. and there's a Shit cave. Yeah. <laughs> and his oh, friends live in some Flintstones house they live cave. In Pretty accurate. So when we got to their house, it was a really nice big house in the North Valley by a ditch, and they had a room full of Lego, so it was all fine. So my first impression of Albuquerque was... They, it was the Lego that makes a house, you know, because this is okay. early 60s. And yeah, so, yeah, so the simpler. Windows and roof yeah, boards. Right. And I thought, oh, that was nice. That was nice. <laughs> and they came and visited us at our house. So that was, that was my Albuquerque connection nice. for a long time. And then I saw Simon and Garfunkel in concert at the pit when the pit was new. What? Oh. It was either 67 or, six, or 68. It was winter. Oh, my 
because my friends, um, Imelda and Dodi Martinez, their dad was the mayor of Española, and Imelda really wanted to come see Simon and Garfunkel. Mm. She's the one who, Imelda Martinez taught me to play guitar. Okay. I'm saying that very clearly, because every time <laughs> I say it, she gets really embarrassed and says, I did not. Uh, we'll, we'll send her a link. <laughs> so she, she I did not. I just helped you one day. I said, well, that's all it took. Well, and I yeah, went home and practiced. Oh. She gave me the bug. <laughs> wow, I like your so, friend Imelda Martinez. Oh, yeah, she's awesome. So, she, so, so her dad took me and Imelda to the pit, which was a brand new, shiny new wow. building. Yeah. And uh, he waited outside for the whole concert. And, and we were in there, and it wasn't even very crowded. And Paul Simon, New Yorker that he is, yeah. was irritating and perfect. He said, he said, he said, sure is an ugly place you got here, all these basketball goals and stuff. And everybody just was crestfallen because this is like the most high tech, beautiful building in Albuquerque that day. But then he did an absolutely flawless concert. He did not make one mistake. He did not flub one word. He never so much as dropped a freaking guitar. Right, right, right. That's so it's irritating when someone is godlike and rude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Because no then you're like, ah, <laughs> you're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no. Did they sing Parsley Sage? Just me. Oh yeah. Oh, At least you didn't take oh, did the arena over and name it after pizza. Yes. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I really can. Yeah, they were awesome. They I've was, had, it was I've wonderful. had my summer rendezvous with uh, Simon and Garfunkel. Oh, if you haven't had a profound moment with their music, I, really I, I like, don't know what you're doing. I really like <laughs> I also saw Donovan. Later than that, though, that was my mother's oh, Johnson and Johnson Jim. What? And Johnson Jim. And there are people sitting in folding chairs on the floor, but I was up on like a second uh, yeah. second row on the whatever, the sides. Yeah. And he was on a, on a big platform about as big as this room mm-hmm. with uh, like carpets on it and flowers and this one girl very gently got out of the chairs and she walked up like not she didn't like wow storm the stage or anything because the whole thing was very quiet and very kind of dark in there and everything uh-huh. and she walked up and put a flower down Aww. and the security guys came out like almost slow motion and and, and like <laughs> took her very gently like this and like motioned her to go sit down and that was the roughest thing that happened at that concert oh, yeah. it was so yeah. great oh my god Oh my God! So famous people used to come to Albuquerque yeah. and play music. Yeah, I was yeah. with I was I I will throw these names in. I'll throw more links. I was with John Sosi and Deanna Trujillo, and they were a couple, and and I was her best friend and kind of his best friend because my boyfriend was uh, in a band and was never available available to hang out on Friday and Saturday and hang out with John because okay. his girlfriend's parents wouldn't. Oh, can I say this? She, they wouldn't let her go out with Indians. Well, so, you could say it. I mean, so, um, but that was a long time ago. Like that was a long that. time ago. <laughs> so John That's and I were kind orange, of orphaned sure. by our by our high school significant others. So we hung yeah. around a lot. But anyway, wow. so Deanna and John and I went to see. Donovan, I still have the ticket stub somewhere. Oh, that's so cool. And so on the way back, we're in John's mom's big boat of some sort of, I forget what kind of car she had, some big Chevy. And so I'm driving, but John is six feet tall, six one or so. So so he wants he wants to go in the back seat to kissy kiss with with his friend. Look for change under the and and so so they're in the back seat and I'm and I'm and I'm going to drive us home to to Española. Wow. So I got to drive to Santa Clara. How's that going to work? You know, I was like, we got to get everybody home. So I'm driving. I realize in Santa Fe that I can't reach the brakes. 
So I, I'm trying to like wiggle down and you know I'm like, oh, no. there weren't that many lights in Santa Fe in those days. San Francisco Drive now has got like 20 yeah. lights. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. But in those days, I think there were about seven, six oh. or seven. Mm-hmm. And so it's really late at night. It's after midnight. And I'm like, I can slow down, but I can't totally stop. I could have jumped up if I'd had to stop, but I don't want to disturb what's happening in the back seat. They're having, a, they didn't do it. Okay, they're just kissing and hugging, yeah. just okay. for the sake of the, their relatives still living. Sure. Right. No, no. Yeah. sake anyway. of the people yeah. in the front seat. Yeah, too. no, yes. Discussing current events. Yeah. So, so I thought I was, I thought I was very noble. I thought I was being very noble to drive super carefully through Santa Fe. And yeah. go slow so I get all green lights. Oh. When you come into Española, uh, as the hill goes up, just before you get to San Pedro, there used to be a little picnic area. Okay. And and I so I I went there and I just took my foot off the gas and I and I used the picnic area to stop. Oh God. And I pulled up there <laughs> and I said, John, I can't really reach the brakes. So, so we were all we were a mile from so Diana and life, I both lived lower San Pedro. So life pro tip right there: if you can't stop your car because you can't reach the brakes, find the nearest picnic area. It's got to be uphill. Just, yeah, yeah, it works. Uphill. You got to slow into it. So I like those stories. though. so the first two concerts I went to, one of them, the mayor of Española waited for us in the parking lot, yeah. and the other one, I drove my friends home without oh, being so able nice. to reach the brake. Oh man, I. Isn't it weird how everything is like beautiful in hindsight? I just don't know what it is. Like, I mean, I, 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 if you live, I've, I've been writing a book about like my earlier life lately, and like I, it's just amazing to me like how beautiful everything is. Like when you have some perspective on it, you know what I mean? Like, didn't know what time it was. The lights were low. Oh, oh, I leaned back on my radio. Oh, oh, some cat was laying down some. Hey, so uh, that was uh, that was Sandra Dodd. What a cool person! <laughs> I like her a lot. She's really enjoyable. I really had so much fun talking with her. I feel bad that we're like not going to have every part of our conversation in this episode. You she know? Uh, she she talked a bit more about um, her experience at UNM in the 1970s, and we had such a good time, right? I mean, yeah, like we, we just time. kept rapping, like <laughs> like into the night. But unfortunately, <laughs> it looks like we're kind of. Um, we ran out of time for her yeah. this time, but... Bonus episode. Bonus episode Let's in the future. Let's save it for a future bonus episode. Maybe we talk about, you know, UNM during yeah. uh, during the early 70s yeah. after Kent State and so forth. Yeah. Maybe use some she stuff really from there then. And painted a cool picture of it. She certainly did. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah. I certainly enjoyed having her talk about her experience with uh, kind of interacting with, with David Bowie. David Bowie's first American fan, basically. I mean, that's really rad. I really was so thrilled to talk to her. I mean, my favorite stuff out of all of it, and I know I said this when we talked with her also, was just like, I love that portrait of New Mexico in the 70s. Right. How <laughs> neat, man. I mean, that's, that's a lost time to us. That's yeah, something exactly. totally inaccessible to us. Yes. And you know, because we weren't born. Foreign country. Yeah, I was like a wheat field somewhere. And, okay, here's, here's how I'm going to try to segue into the next one. Right. 1970s is when a certain UNM professor's reputation really took a tough hit. Oh, yeah. Um, what was that guy's um, name? Frank Hibben? Frank Hibben. Yeah. He was kind of uh, probably UNM's first like superstar professor. Maybe only. Yeah. I can't even think uh, of Edward Abbey kind of later. Oh. He wasn't a professor, really. He was a right. student. But Carl Taylor in 36. Frank Hibben was a, uh, an archaeologist yeah. who really made a huge impact on, on UNM's reputation. He had a TV show at one point. 50s, yeah. 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 Um, Supposedly 
found the oldest archaeological site in North America at one point, That's right. and then he didn't when when like the truth came out. So yeah. it was in the 1970s where his uh, who he was in the public's mind changed God. to a great degree. Yeah. And that's what we're going to talk about next episode, which you guys, is about the yeah. mystery, the secrets, the legacy <laughs> of Sandia Cave. Yeah. Oh, Sandia Cave. You ever been up to Sandia Cave? Oh, I love Sandia Cave. I have so many memories in Sandia Cave. Okay. So Good, bad, everything in between. Be sure to tune yeah. in for this one. We've got, uh, we've got uh, an Indiana Jones-esque archaeologist. Yeah. We've got fraud. We've oh, got man. scandal. Yeah. We've got reputations earned and ruined, and uh, then some might say restored yeah. to some extent, well, depending on how you look at come it. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a house full of animal heads. <laughs> house full of animal heads. That's weird. So um, yeah. we'll go ahead and do that one next time. Yeah, I can't wait. Man, that's going to be a fun one. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I've, I've done a bit of research on this one, and you have too, and this is going to be a blast to talk yeah, about. Yeah, and there should be a, an article coming out on Atlas Obscura about that as well. Oh, that's like, so cool you're writing for them. I have really... They didn't send back any edits, but they asked me to caption some photos, so I wow. guess they're going to publish it. Good stuff. Well, Douglas Preston has written about them for The New Yorker. This is oh, a topic yeah. that's bigger than New definitely. Mexico. It really is. Um, yeah. Can we keep talking? This is fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, I definitely want to shout out to uh, to Rockin' Taco. We're over oh. here at Green Jeans Farmery on a yeah. surprisingly warm... Uh, February night. They turned the volume down for us just because we asked. That's this is nice. the second time they've done it, so yeah. definitely the next time you're here, you should buy some tacos from Seriously. them. Seriously. And who doesn't like tacos? And uh, If you don't like tacos, you're a cyborg. <laughs> that is the equation. <laughs> Anything else we should say? We should thank uh, Soltero uh, for Weather Yeah, Weather, weather King, Kings, our wonderful intro and outro music sometimes, um, yeah. Thank Maro for uh, for being a part of the podcast. And of course, hey, Maro, she's sitting there smirking at us. Sandra Dodd <laughs> for, uh, for being a great guest. What a great guest she was, yeah. How neat that we got to interview the first David Bowie fan in America and have such a fun time with it, man. That was really, yeah. really a blast. And we're yeah. working on this idea of uh, having a showing of uh, Track of the Moon Beast. So. Oh, man, that's going to be fun. Keep your eyes open uh, hey, for that coming up. I want to give a shout out also to the people that listen to this. I don't know who you are. I guess we know you probably. I don't know. I know like, a few, yeah. yeah, we know some of you. <laughs> I really you listen to it. I really yeah. appreciate it. I think it's so nice of you to listen to this, to take time to like, well, because we yeah. put some time into this. I feel like we put some time and effort and thought into Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And when people reciprocate by by putting their time and effort into listening to us, that's really nice, man. An hour yeah, and a half, totally. that's not small. That's yeah. like three episodes of something you like. You'd be watching that instead. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Well, really cool of them. Cool. And, uh, yeah, and thank you for uh, those of you that have sent us Facebook messages and emails and texts and so on, saying that you like it and listen to it. Even criticizing it, that's nice. That's great. We appreciate yeah. it. You know? Well, I was happy I got a message on Reddit. Yeah. It's like, the audio was much better than like, That was the whole uh, comment. It was just oh, like, this yeah. guy's listened to it enough that he... I worried about that one like you did because I worried we were like describing a dream like yeah, you said, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, if we can make people watch a terrible film, then we've done something probably negative. But <laughs> 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 Alright.